you know, I had a teacher a long time ago who said the reason Shakespeare's language is so big is because the characters feel so much. They want revenge, power, and love 150%. Big, big, big. And so do children. So they get it. Hello and welcome to The State of Shakespeare. I'm Garrett Vandermeer. And I'm Jim Elliott. And today we have with us Mel Ryan, who's the author of Teaching Will, What Shakespeare and Ten Kids Gave Me That Hollywood Couldn't. Hello, Mel. Hello. Mel Ryan is an author and an actor. Mel, you left the acting business and and you found a new path. The path that you found is very satisfying. Mm-hmm. I found a couple of new paths, yes. And could you talk about that process? So the process of leaving was horrible. I had been an actor from the time I was a teenager, and I had a, a good career until it sort of started to slow down. And I not only was not working enough, for one thing, I, I, I tired of touring the country and working at regional theater to regional theater. And I, I did talk about this a lot in the book, that my um, despondency with what was happening in the theater and with me in the theater. I'd reached a kind of, sadly, a kind of bitterness, and I didn't want to be that person anymore. And the work I was being auditioning for or getting in film and television well, it wasn't Shakespeare, let's just say that. It wasn't. <laughs> and it wasn't enough. There just wasn't enough of it. So I reached a, the end of the road and with nothing in front of me. I didn't know what else to do. I wasn't trained to do anything else but be an actor. I imagine that must have been very scary. It was terrifying and hard and, and yet also the right thing to do. And I think in that time I began to realize... We have these credos, you know, that we tell children and we tell ourselves that we can have anything we want. We can be anyone we want. We just have to work hard enough and never, never give up. You know, every time we see an actor receive a a major award, quite often they'll, they'll look out to the audience and go, if I can do it, you can do it. Well, you know what? Not always. And sometimes that road that we're on, it's worth widening that road. Sometimes we have to reconsider. And thank God I did. I became a writer, a teacher, and ended up finding as much, if not more, passion and artistic charge, if you will, that I had as an actor. And I never thought I would be able to find that again. I love the story. And it's sort of the subplot of teaching Will. Speaking as a teacher, and Garrett's a teacher as well, you struggle to find a way to express to these students that you know, if it doesn't work out, it's okay. Right. Because being an actor is going to, you will find ways to use that training in so many different professions. Absolutely. I mean, look at any lawyer, any member of the clergy, any teacher getting up in front of a class, you're doing a show every day when you're teaching. I think that's a great segue to teaching, Will, because boy, did you have a show on your hands every time you stepped into that classroom. (laughs) Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the environment that you found yourself in when you first uh, ventured forth to teach William Shakespeare to these students. My idea, I was very romantic. Okay, so I'm coming from the theater. <laughs> I have, I'm a romantic to begin with. And I think I'm just going to turn these little kids' heads on and empower them overnight and excite them with uh, Tales of the Bard. And I was in a, uh, a Title I school. I was working with grades third, fourth, and fifth. So that's eight, nine, and 10-year-olds. 
And they'd never seen a play, let alone Shakespeare. They didn't know what the heck I was talking about, who I was talking about, and why I was talking about him. And they wanted me to stop talking. So (laughs) I realized pretty quickly I was going to have to change my script and find a way to engage them. I ended up running this program. I was a volunteer. I ran it for six years. And over that time, I really developed a pedagogy of teaching children Shakespeare and helping them identify with the themes of Shakespeare's plays and Shakespeare's characters. And so I would storytell Richard III. And I would storytell Richard III by saying, hey, you guys, I want to tell you about this kid. He's a teenager. His name's Richard. And he has this lame leg. And I described Richard in a school cafeteria with a hump on his back and no one wanting to hang with him. And did anyone ever feel like that? Did anyone ever have a crush on a girl who wouldn't look at them twice? Did anyone ever have a brother or a sister who did better than they did in the world? And did anyone here ever want power? So by then they're in the story. So that became my way to engage them in the stories of Shakespeare, the themes of Shakespeare being power, revenge, and love. And it just takes a cursory glance at any schoolyard to see that children, kindergarten through 12th grade, are fighting every day for these themes in their own lives. They They want power, revenge, and love. Who doesn't? You're bringing the stories to them. That's right. Getting these children to relate to the themes of Shakespeare is certainly a challenge. And then you have to take the next step, which is to get them to perform the Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite stories was I had a boy playing Macbeth. And Oliver was nine years old when he took on Macbeth. Oliver lived with a mom, a older brother, a sister, no dad in the picture. And Oliver so got Macbeth. Oliver and I were working on tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow creeps in this petty pace from day to day. And I said, now, you see how Shakespeare's told you how to act it, where the stresses are? I would describe this as a cup of cocoa for the soft stress and a sword for the hard stress. And you see how it sounds, Oliver, tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow creeps. And I said, do you hear the clock? There's a tick, tock, clock. It's like, you know, when there's a calendar on the wall with the little boxes and we write in those boxes when it's Halloween and when it's July 4th and when it's a birthday party and when it's Christmas and when there's a graduation. What do you think Macbeth sees on his calendar? And Oliver knew that Macbeth was looking at nothing on his calendar. And tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow was an endless list of empty days. And I asked him why. And he said, because... My wife is dead and she shouldn't have died. And my best friend Banquo is dead. And in real life, Oliver's best friend Michael was playing Banquo. And in real life, Oliver's best friend Michael was going to leave after our production of Macbeth at the end of the school year and move to Texas. So Oliver completely got this speech and did it in such a way that on the performance day, the kids would do four performances in one day. And at the end of the last performance, I had friends in the audience who were theater professionals. And they went, oh my gosh, I finally understand that speech. <laughs> and nine years old. And, and they understood it because he understood it. 
And I found out later that when Oliver went home that night after a long day when the kids are just exhausted and at the same time so high on themselves and so exhilarated, Michael's mom drove the boys home and Oliver sat in the back seat with his head pressed against the window, the car window, and just wept because he knew he would never do that Macbeth again. And that's what happens with a real actor. That's what happens at the end of a great real performance. And the boy playing Banquo, by the way, also. I have video of the boy, Michael, who talking about playing Banquo and how he should have, I should have stopped him. I, I could have stopped him. When he went after Macbeth, I could have done it. He killed the king. I should have been there. I should. Oh. Isn't that amazing? That's an yeah. actor speaking. That is a that's a nine year old boy speaking from the inside out. Yeah, yeah. Mel Ryan, that is a beautiful story. Thank you. Mel Ryan is the author of Teaching Will: What Shakespeare and Ten Kids Gave Me That Hollywood Couldn't. You mentioned in the book that you spent some time in the Shakespeare Club teaching the kids scansion and iambic pentameter. Mm-hmm. My first question about that is: Did they understand that? They did. What I would use to teach them every year was Hermia's speech from the dream, help me, Lysander, help me, do thy best to pluck this crawling serpent from my breast. And I write the speech on the board, and they understand what syllables are. Their teachers are already teaching them to clap out syllables. So they do understand the soft and the hard beats. So I would teach them how to scan the first, that there are 10 beats to a line. Sometimes he makes a mistake. Sometimes there are 11 beats. Sometimes he does a half sentence where there are only five beats and that's because the next five beats he wants the character to be quiet he wants the character to be thinking so i would show them how to scan the first two lines then ask if someone wanted to come up and put the cup of cocoa in the sword and the cup of cocoa in the sword and, and clap out the beats for the next line and there were always lots of volunteers and then i give them their own copies of the speech and they sit there with their pencils and if they need help, I go and help. But yeah, they completely got it. And did you find that it was helpful to them in their performance? It was helpful for them in the understanding of the rhythm of the verse. And I think it's helpful to any actor in the program because Shakespeare is telling us how he wants the speech acted. Fantastic. It's so fun to see how the kids go from completely not understanding or even rejecting to starting to relate to the characters and understanding them and then giving them such a beautiful performance. Thank you. I mean, you know, when I tell them the story of Hamlet, there's Hamlet with a new stepdad. You know, this is happening a lot. Yeah. Uh, and, he, and he's really mad at his mom. And so I would say to them, here's the deal. In real life, we have to do what adults tell us. We have to be respectful. We can't sass back. But in the theater, that's the actor's job. In the theater, they pay you to do that stuff. So in the theater, Hamlet sasses his mom. And how fun is that? So when I do workshops now with kids, they love it. I get them to stamp their feet, stamp the beats out on their with their feet. And the Hamlet uh, Gertrude scene is always a hit. Who doesn't want a sass mom? <laughs> Super fun. I'm imagining the flip side of that coin. Are there lots of kids that are just, uh, the hands go up by the score to play the Gertrude in that scene? <laughs> they mostly want to play the Hamlet. Even the girls want to play the Hamlet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, this was good. This is, a, this is an interesting story. I did a, a workshop recently with some sixth graders, and a little boy really wanted to play the ghost of, of Hamlet's dad because that's, you know, big, powerful role, and, and it's great. So what I do is I, I would tell them the story, and then I ask for volunteers who want to do a scene, and then we do a journal write. 
in Hamlet, we're doing a journal write on revenge. I wanted revenge when five minutes write. So they do the writing and then I invite anyone who would like to share to share. So there's lots of best friend angst. There's lots of sibling angst. There's lots of my teacher, my parents didn't understand. I didn't do that and they didn't understand. So there's lots of angst and lots of desire for revenge in those scenarios. And then a little girl put up her hand and said, I would like to share. I would like to read what I wrote, but I might cry. And I was leaning against the teacher's desk and there was a box of tissues. And I said, well, I held up the tissues and said, I'm ready. If you are, you want to give it a go and she did and she read about how she wanted revenge against the drunk driver who had killed her sister mm. so that was one of those teaching moments where you go please do not let me screw this up and I grabbed a handful of tissues I went to her I held her close and addressed the class all of whom were jaw dropped they did not know this story the teacher did not know this story because it wasn't her teacher who was there and I talked about what it took to be an artist, that when a dancer dances and a musician plays and a painter paints and a writer writes and an actor acts, they bring themselves to their work. And that's what makes them courageous. And what Alicia, this girl, had done was stepped up in a superb act of courage to share her story. And that's what it took to play Hamlet. He's not just some guy. He's us. And we have to find the us in order to play the part. So then she went away with her friend, took her to the bathroom, and I finished the class and was saying my goodbyes. And she came back, and I took her face and said, are you aware of how much power you had in telling your story? No one moved. No one giggled. No one sniffed. No one coughed. They paid attention. And that power is going to help you. That power means you're going to be okay. That was cool. That is a beautiful story. Mm -hmm. That's a very touching story. Wow, thanks. That's what Shakespeare does. That's why we still do it. Well, it makes me think about one of the mantras that runs through teaching will, which is, if I can do Shakespeare, I can do anything. Mm. And this is a common mantra for teachers who teach acting mm -hmm. uh, across the country. But I think as you use it in teaching will, it goes beyond just acting. Do you believe that everybody should try and tackle Shakespeare and will benefit from it? I do. I think everybody should tackle anything that scares the pants off them. <laughs> that in itself elevates anything we want to do. What Shakespeare does is in, in identifying with character, which is what an actor's job is, in identifying with character, in identifying with story, in identifying with motive, we have to know ourselves. And in the act of doing it, we come to know ourselves. Mel Ryan is the author of Teaching Will, What Shakespeare and Ten Kids Gave Me That Hollywood Couldn't. Teaching Will is available on what outlets? So it's available in many brick-and-mortar stores. Barnes & Noble has been carrying it. And I know in New York City, the big drama bookstore is carrying it. And then, of course, Amazon Online, Barnes & Noble Online, both in paperback copy and on ebook. Mel Ryan, thank you for joining us today on The State of Shakespeare. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Mel. You bet. I'm Garrett Vandermeer. And I'm Jim Elliott. And thank you for listening. 
Thanks for joining us for the State of Shakespeare podcast. We invite you to visit stateofshakespeare.com for more episodes, information about each of our guests, and the Shakespeare text you heard on the program, and much more. And we welcome you to join the discussion by liking us on Facebook. That's www.stateofshakespeare.com. Thanks for listening.